Welcome to another powerful word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church in the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. Well, today's message is about the grace of God. And so it's entitled Grace for Grace. You'll understand that a little bit more. Uh, you know, uh, uh, grace for the... Uh, what is grace? I want to explain this morning uh, what really grace is so that you can understand the grace of God. The, uh, the, grace is a gift. Grace is an undeserved gift. Unmerited. It's not a reward, but grace is an undeserved gift of God. God gives us something that we don't deserve. It's a gift from God. Grace is here. It's, it's God saying here. Here's something you don't deserve. Now, if you were in our first service, you would have heard Pastor Marcus as he um, 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 told us the difference between some, some church words, some religious words. Um, and and uh, he also described what grace was. He talked about justice first. How that justice is getting what we deserve. Justice is getting what you deserve. That's justice. You know, we all deserve what the Word of God says, you know. We all deserve the wages of sin is death. We all deserve death. Justice would be getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. You know, mercy is like, you know, you deserve uh, um, to get in trouble, but you are mercifully forgiven. Isn't that pretty good? Justice is getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. But grace is getting what you do not deserve. Grace goes a step further. A step further than just being mercifully forgiven. It's actually being given a gift. Given something that you certainly do not deserve. Justice would penalize you and mercy would forgive you. But only grace can be a supply for what you need beyond that merciful forgiveness. You see, there are good people and there are bad people in the earth. There have always been. Since Genesis chapter 3 and since the fall of man, there have been good people and bad people in this world. But there have not been any perfect people except Jesus Christ. There are good people all around us. There are good people in this church and there are bad people in this church. Sorry, but that's the truth. There are good people watching and there are bad people watching. There are good people and there are bad people everywhere you go. But whether they are good or bad, they are still all lost if they do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Sometimes we tend to look at good people and imagine that being good is enough. You know, sometimes we imagine that us being good is enough. 
Perhaps you're thinking about yourself and you're saying, like the Bible says, you know, I'm not like them. I'm not like that sinner. I haven't murdered anyone. I haven't cheated anyone. You know, still, just exactly like Jesus told Nicodemus, even though he was a good man, John chapter 3, Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Uh, what he was telling Nicodemus is that there's, there, there's something different about a good man and someone who is born again. Being good is not enough. Today, some people are gathered together and they're hearing messages, motivational sermons, trying to make them better instead of trying to get them to live through Jesus Christ. Men may judge you and friends may forgive you, but only Jesus can save your soul. You know, your family may think you're somebody and some of your co-workers may think you're a nobody, but none of that will matter come judgment day unless Jesus Christ knows you, unless you are born again, unless you have become saved through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior of the world. No one else can give you eternal life. We are saved by grace, not by justice and not by mercy. We are saved by grace. You see, justice would send us all to a Christless eternity. Mercy might forgive us, but where would we be in eternity without God's grace, without the gift that he is giving us, without the inheritance that he has planned for us, without a place to go, you could be forgiven and still be homeless. You could be forgiven and still be left out of the eternal plan of God. Ephesians, the second chapter, verse number eight says this, for by grace, by grace, the unmerited gift of God, the undeserved, unearned gift of God, not a reward, not a reward for being good. Please, please understand this, that salvation, what you might think of as heaven, heaven is not a reward for being good. Hell is not a punishment for being bad. There is a grace of God. And we are saved eternally. We are saved by a precious gift from God. Undeserved and eternal. We are saved by grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Whoa. It takes something. It is not a reward, but it takes something to access this grace. It takes believing it. Believing it. We are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. <laughs> you, know, you know, you don't even have the faith to get saved on your own. It's not even of yourselves. And, 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 and it, it is a gift of God. Grace is a gift of God. God even has to give us the gift 
to believe him. God even has to give us the faith that we need to trust in the unseen, to trust in, 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 in that that we cannot you know, calculate in our own minds. It's a gift of God, not of works, verse 9 says, lest anyone should boast. No one can brag and say that I came to God on my own. I believed in God of myself. I am such a person of faith that, 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 that I, I possess faith to the point to where I did not need God to introduce this or to give me the gift or the grace. You see, if you have committed a crime, let's, let's, let's say that I committed a crime. Justice demands that a judge sentence me appropriately. Okay? Right? That would be just. That would be just. Now, if I committed a crime against another person, the person that I injured, in some cases, could refuse to press charges. That would be merciful, wouldn't it? And I could be released. I could be let go. I could end up not getting what I deserve. Let's say I, I, I committed a crime against someone and they said, no, I'm not going to press charges. And for whatever reason, that satisfied the judge in the case. And then the judge would let me go. I would be forgiven. That would be merciful. Boy, that'd be merciful. I mean, how many times have you been let go? How many times have you passed a policeman and you looked at your speedometer and you should have, you qualified for a ticket. And for some reason, you did not get one. You were not chosen. They did not stop you, whatever. Okay? Uh, and, uh, or maybe they stopped you and they, have you ever been stopped and have been forgiven and just let go? You know, given a warning? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's mercy. But let's say, let's say that I commit a crime that's worthy of death. And let's say that as I'm standing before the judge and I have committed this crime, that justice demands that I die. Let's say that the judge's son, who is innocent and has always been this perfect son, wonderful son, let's say he comes into the courtroom and he says to the judge, Dad, I don't know him, but I want to. But what I will do right now is that I will take his place. And if you will sentence me to death in his place and let him go. Now, so far, we've gotten the mercy. But the son's not stopped. The son says, and dad, father... Not only will I take his place and you sentence me to death, but also, would you adopt him as your son? 
in my place? And all that you have been saving and all that you have been creating, because I know I have watched you. I have watched you for all of my life creating things for me, building things for me. I have watched you massing wealth and, 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 and houses and lands and, 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 and you know, galaxies for me. Instead of giving it to me, would you give it all to him? Would you make him the inheritor? Let me die and take his place, but let him have my place. That's grace. For the father to say, yes. It is done. That's what we're dealing with. That's the kind of love that we're dealing with. That's the kind of love that, that not only, you know, forgives, but supplies. This is the grace of God. John, the first chapter, John is writing and he says this uh, about John the Baptist. John the Baptist made a declaration. He said, for the law was given in verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. We can understand the law. We understand justice. We understand justice and we understand mercy. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, this is what John the Baptist saw when he saw Jesus. When he saw Jesus, he saw grace and truth. He saw something different than he'd ever seen before. John the Baptist, born under the law. He understood justice. He understood mercy. But what he saw was something that was beyond imagination. It was an act of love called grace. And grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What did John see when he saw Jesus? Well, look, look in verse 29 of, of John chapter 1. The next day... John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Takes it away. Takes it away. Now, this morning, as I'm closing, I want us to get everything we can out of this one verse. Uh, um, uh, April, could you put that verse back up there if you can? And, and uh, uh, Ben, online, if you can throw that lower third up there, if that's what it is. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. I want to get everything we can out of this verse as we're closing because I believe God has something for you. Not only something for you today, but something for you to carry for the rest of your life. In understanding what what Jesus brought, what Jesus did. So that as Pastor Vaughn said earlier, so that you might be saved, as he said, really saved. Not just sing the songs and not just learn the, 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 you know, the, uh, the verses, 
but that down on the deep, deep inside of you, that you have invited Jesus, this King of kings, who has offered to take your place, that you have invited the Son of God who is willingly stepping on the scales for you and, and, and receiving death for you, that you would personally, because it's the only way that works, mother can't do it for you, dad can't do it for you, Grandmother can't do it for you. A priest can't do it for you. Even Jesus could make it available, but still you must believe. You must believe. But guess what? There's an element of grace. You know what God's going to do today? There are people watching. There are people watching, and they're, they're, they're watching from all kinds of, of, of places, you know, in homes and in churches and listening in cars. And, and, and those here in our, in our congregation on campus, you're watching and you're listening. Do you know what God's going to do? If you have never believed before, if you have found it hard to believe in Jesus, hard to believe in salvation, hard to believe in mercy, hard to believe in forgiveness, if you have found it hard to believe in, in grace, if you found it hard to believe, believe the message that Jesus died on the cross for you, that he was the Son of God. If you have found it difficult to imagine and to believe that, difficult to reach out there and receive it by faith, then there is going to come to you today a gift from God called grace. Grace for grace. God has a grace to save your soul. He is willing not only to forgive you, but to give you his kingdom. He is willing to give you everything as a joint heir with Jesus Christ, an inheritor of all that God has. You may have difficulty believing it, but today God is going to give you grace to have and to receive the grace of salvation. He's going to give you a gift, a grace to believe, an unmerited ability, an unmerited gift. That's what happened to me. You know, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you. That's what happened to so many other people. I can tell you where I was standing when I believed. I can tell you that it wasn't from me. It wasn't from what the preacher said. It was, I wasn't even listening to the preacher. I can tell you I, I, I didn't even know what the sermon was about. But something happened to me. Something happened. It was a gift God gave me. And all of the sudden I believed. I believed. I knew that it was real. I knew that he was true. I knew he would save my soul. I knew he would forgive me. And I knew he would be my Lord and my King. I don't know how I knew except God gave me a grace. That grace is available. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Look at what John is saying here in John 1.29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him. Now, now, uh, first, you know, John saw Jesus getting closer to him. Yes. But there is an element here that we should always look into the Word of God and say, what is this? What truth is this to me today? What can I take from this? How can I be that person who is there in that moment and see what is going on? Do you know, in reality, the spiritual takeaway from this particular verse is that Jesus is always coming towards us. Jesus is never trying to get away from you. He is always running towards you. 
You may have heard some message at some point that says that if an angel's sitting on the hood of your car and you go over the speed limit, I've heard these people say these things, the angel leaves, hogwash, whatever that is. If anything, he calls four more angels to get in the car with you. Okay. Jesus will never leave us and never forsake us. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. He is always coming close to us. There is no problem. There's no trouble. There is no test. There's no tribulation. There is no sin. There is no failure. There is no decision you could make in which Jesus would turn around and walk away from you. When the earth was void and without form and darkness covered the face of the deep, the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Jesus came down to a lost world. He gets closer to problems. I'm not saying become a problem, but if you are a problem today, Jesus is coming towards you. He's coming toward you right now. Jesus is coming toward you. He's going toward your children. He's going toward your children's children. He's reaching out to your friends. He's going toward your enemies. He's going toward those coworkers that aggravate you and irritate you and sometimes you want to get away from. He wants to get close to. Jesus is always coming towards us. That's what John the Baptist said about Jesus. Behold he said, as we continue. Number one, he's always coming toward you. Number two, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, without getting into deep waters in which I cannot survive, and I'm talking about the Greek, okay? Without going into boredom, let me simply explain to you what this concept of taking away is. Okay. Behold the Lamb of God. See, it's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know what sin is. To miss the mark, specifically this one, to err. The world, cosmos. This take away is one Greek word. And it's what we call a historical present. Pastor Ken will appreciate this. He, he reads the Greek Bible probably every week. Is that correct? He reads from the Greek and the Hebrew and enjoys it. And uh, tomorrow he will have probably uh, three things to tell me about it. And, uh, and I love it. And uh, I, I actually grow from it and appreciate it. A historical present. That means this. That, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a Present active participle is, is its uh, uh, mood tense, and, uh, 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 it, and it means this, that, that it is an historical event that he took away the sin of the world. But it's an historical presence in that, that looking back on it, it's as if I'm seeing it happen right now. It happened in history, but it's, but, 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 but it's still happening. It's, ha it's, it's a present. It's, 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 it's a present happening. 
Not only did he take away the sin of the world, but he is taking away the sin of the world. You know, because I have been saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Because Jesus is ever actively coming towards me, taking away the sin out of my life and removing it. To take away, to bear it, to put it, to, it, 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 it means to carry it, to take it from someone else and put it on yourself to, and to carry it away. He's done that with my sin. Wow, it is not that I have not sinned, it is that Jesus takes my sin away, takes it upon himself. He bears my sin. It's a historical fact, but it is a present reality that Jesus today, do you know what Jesus has done? Do you know that, that John the Baptist is declaring that Jesus took the sin of the world. He took John's sin. He's taken my sin. He is taking your sin. And he is taking the sin of people who have not even been born yet. That's what Jesus has done, is doing, will do. Today, Jesus will take your sin away from you. He will carry it away from you. If you have never been saved, he will take all of your sin away from you right now. If you have been saved and you have been walking in sin, or perhaps you have failed and tripped into sin, fell into sin, Jesus will take it away. He's coming toward you right now. It is his goal. It's his life. It's his, it's, it's his hope. It's his passion. He's coming towards you. He's coming to get your sin. He's coming to cleanse you. He's coming to take your hurt, your pain, your worry. He's coming to take all of those things that you cannot bear. And he'll take them to himself right now. And he will carry them away. And you will never see them again. Never answer for them. Never see them again. God is working on us and working for us. And he's also working through us. Perhaps you fear the justice of God. Or maybe you even hope for the mercy of God. But maybe that you have not yet believed in the grace of God. You know, there is a grace. There is a grace. And God is willing to give it to you right now. For those of you on campus and those of you at home, would you dare to just bow your head and close your eyes? And why would I ask you to do that? I'm asking you to do it simply because you can get alone with God there. You cannot worry about what other people are doing or thinking and they're not watching or, or worried about what you're doing or thinking. Would you consider the grace of God that's available to you? That's what John continued to write, that we have received the fullness of Jesus Christ. We have received grace for grace. There is a grace. There's a gift for you to receive. You can believe today. You can have enough faith today to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never been born again, invite him into your heart. Here in the next 
minute to just invite him into your heart when we pray. If you have been born again and there's trouble in your life, worry, anxiety, fear, frustration, aggravation, sin in your life, unrepented of, unconfessed sin, worry over sin, that you have done something in your past that you're going to have to pay for, that's going to follow you, going to haunt you. Listen, there is a grace to have faith right now. You can believe that Jesus will take it away, and he will. He will right now. Would you pray with me? Would you just pray with me right now? Whoever you are, every one of you, pray. Pray to God with this grace of faith for the grace in your life. Father, Lord, I thank you for the faith that is in us, Lord, because of the deposit that you made. For you have given all men a measure of faith. For, Lord, we all have been blessed with faith to believe that we can receive things that we do not deserve. Lord, we don't deserve mercy. Thank you for forgiveness. We certainly don't deserve the kingdom of heaven to be at our disposal. We don't deserve angels on assignment to watch over us every step of our life. We certainly don't deserve heaven when we die. We certainly don't deserve, Lord, all of the blessings and benefits with one exception. And that exception is that Christ died so that we might inherit. Lord, we pray that you would come into our hearts, Lord. Save the lost right now. If you're lost, if you're not sure you're born again, if you're not personally asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior before, then invite him in. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I believe. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I lay them down before you. If you are born again and you... You still need Jesus. You need forgiveness. You need to stop worrying about the sin that has so easily beset you. You need deliverance from it. Then just give it to him right now. There's a grace for you to give it to him. There's a grace to be set free. Right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for the grace, Lord. I pray for the faith. I pray, Lord, people would believe, God. And, Lord, be delivered, God. Delivered from the sins which do so easily beset them, God. Lord, addiction, Lord. and God, uh, the sins, Lord, uh, God, that they have carried with them, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just... Take them, Lord, right now, Father. Even, Father, Lord, as, 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 as that word, Lord, connotates, even if you must take it, Lord, by force, God. Lord, pull it out, out of their life, God, as they yield their lives to you, Lord. Uproot the sin in our lives, God. And Lord, thank you for your forgiveness, and thank you for the grace that we can walk pleasing to you. Thank you for salvation, sir. Thank you so much for saving our souls. Thank you for continuing to take sin from our lives. We appreciate it. Now, God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. God, deliver us, God, from sickness and disease, Lord. 
a part of the children's bread, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, for the healings and the miracles that we have seen, Lord. We thank you, Father, for life and quality of life. But we thank you, Lord, that you will continue to heal, Lord. I pray, God, that you would break the power of all sickness and disease from these, your children, Lord. Take from them worry and fear, God. Lord, help them to correct their last worst mistake, God. Give them, Lord, a humble heart, God. Lord, a, a, a willing spirit, God. And Lord, lift them up above the shadows of their yesterdays. Put a new song in their heart, God. Give them joy that's unspeakable, Lord, and a peace that passes all understanding. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I have faith for that grace, so be it unto you, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for another dynamic message from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.